welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy, a podcast that looks at the inspiration, intention, action, and choices that you can make to bring more joy into your life, into the world, and into other people's lives. This is your host, Paula Jenkins. Welcome to episode 244 here on Jumpstart Your Joy. This week, I am so excited to have Tiffany Hahn back for a second visit. She was a guest way back in episode 51, and she is returning this week. She is, of course, a life coach and the amazing podcaster behind Raise Your Hand, Say Yes. And it is such a treat to have her back on the show. We are talking about what it means to be a truth teller in this day and age. And we are also talking about how to find and navigate your way through change in your life and business. And we're also talking about how to sit with the discomfort that comes up when things feel busy or when you're looking for calm in your life. And I think you guys are really going to love this conversation. Before we get to the show, I want to wish you all a very warm welcome and say thank you so much for spending time with Jumpstart Your Joy today. If you're new, Jumpstart Your Joy has been around for five years. And if you want to find out more about myself or about the show, you can head on over to the website at jumpstartyourjoy.com. And if you are looking for the show notes on this episode, because Tiffany and I are going to talk through a bunch of stuff, and you can also find the link to her previous interview here, you can find them at jumpstartyourjoy.com forward slash Tiffany. While you're on the website, I invite you to sign up for my newsletter, which is Three Joyful Things. And it comes out most weeks on Thursday, and it's where I take a look at the inspiration, intention, and action that you can take to bring more joy into your everyday life. It's a lot of fun to look at the aha moments that I have with a guest or maybe a quote that comes up during the week and get to share the insights that I have with you. So you can sign up for that right there on the homepage of Jumpstart Your Joy. The other exciting news that I want to share with all of you is that I have launched my second website. It is at joyandpodcasting.com. And that is my new offering of podcasting production and everything that goes along with it to celebrate the launch of this brand new site where you can find lots of info about podcasting itself. Starting next Monday, I will be running my five-day Plan Your Podcast Challenge, and you can find information about that over at joyandpodcasting.com. And following that, I'll be kicking off my Jumpstart Your Podcast class, which will take you from an idea to launch in just eight weeks. And if you're already on my newsletter, you'll get those links. I'll also set them up for you in the show notes. So let's move on to the show. I'm so excited to have Tiffany back. This is such a fun conversation that we recorded in early March. So just to give you some context around our discussion, we really dive in to talk about what's been going on with her business and how she's changed, how she sees that it's so important to transparently share all of the lessons that she's learning and going through in her life as they are unfolding and how that can be both terrifying and helpful at the same time. I really love Tiffany for her very straightforward, no-nonsense way of being, and I really love that she's sharing all of the things that she learns readily through her podcast as well. It's such a wonderful show. And the other exciting thing from Tiffany is she is launching her signature course, which is her inner circle. It is a year-long program, mentorship program. You can find out more about that in the show notes. And she's also launching her 31 Days to Flow class, which comes out at the end of April 2020. 
You can find the link to that in the show notes. Welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy, Tiffany Hahn. Thank you. It's so nice to be back. It's so good to have you. And if listeners are curious, I said back because you were on in season one and we talked about evolution and changing and all that. And I think that's probably some of what we're talking about this week too. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah. We always want to like evolve until we get there, Mm -hmm. wherever there is. And I think that it's so easy to forget that like evolution keeps happening. (laughs) Yes. Well, and I think it's so interesting because you're right. We had like have this built in thing where we think we will get there, but then Mm -hmm. there comes and we're at a plateau maybe even for a little bit, but then the next thing changes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I know we were talking about, so we were recording in early March of 2020 about how the world feels like, I like that you said you felt like you were drinking from a fire hose and it's some of the climate right now, maybe. I mean, life is always crazy, but do we want to jump in on that a little bit? Maybe. Yeah. I, I mean, I think right there, that phrase, like life is always crazy, right? That right there is something to think about because so many of us mm-hmm. can be in that place. And I've had a recent... And when I say recent, I mean, right, the last year or so where I've talked to a lot of people that I haven't talked to in a while and they'll be like, I know you're crazy busy. I know that life is crazy, but blah, blah, blah. And And it made me realize how much I operated from that very busy, very driven, very, I'm doing all the things place. And I've started to really look at very deliberately and it's hard and it takes time, but like trying to shift my language Mm. around that idea of being busy or it's all crazy, right? Where I'm trying to now, even if things feel busy, trying to say like my life feels very full right now instead of it just feels super busy. Yeah. But I think that we have become people, especially Paula, people like me and you who are like ambitious and we're doers and we never run out of ideas and we want to do all the things and be engaged in a lot of things and keep up with a lot of things and also like take good care of ourselves and be good parents and be good partners and be good stewards of the earth and adopt change in the world and cultivate joy, which didn't even make it onto my top list. But I don't even know quite how to say it, but like something around there's got to be room for our humanity in that mix. Because if not, then we're all just completely screwed. Indeed. Yeah. And as you're saying that, I mean, a couple of things kind of flashed in front of my eyes, which was like, I'm nodding my head saying, yeah, oh yeah, that's all on kind of the mental to-do list. But even the list, by the time you got to the end of it was like, I can see how that would exhaust me. Like there's a lot there. And it's, interesting because at the top of my personal to-do list in my lovely passion planner this week was regain calm. Yeah. (laughs) Like that's literally the top of the list because I just, I'm feeling it. And I think the other piece that's coming out in the show in the last month or so is this idea of, and I know you talk about this a lot, is like, how do we start to call ourselves on our own bullshit? And I know some of your language is around saying yes to everybody else and and when do we start saying yes to ourselves? Yeah. And uh, even the idea of, like you said, being calm, like I can really, that really resonates with me because calm is something I've tried to invite into my life. And the way that I've started thinking about it is not like, what do I need to do to be calm? Because 
we're good. That's our comfort zone, right? It's like, well, what else can I be doing? What else do I need to do? But instead is to shift that a little bit and be like, if I was a person who is showing up to our life in a calm way, then what would I do? Mm, yes. So not letting the desire dictate your to-do list, but like instead operating, almost like flipping that script. Right. Right. Yeah. And letting the emotion or the feeling lead the way instead of it being something you're just adding. <laughs> you have to figure right, out. Right. Like getting something. into that place, even if it yeah. feels false, getting into that place before you decide what to do instead of hoping that the doing leads to the feeling. Yeah. That's powerful yeah. for sure. And so much harder than it probably sounds. Oh man, it's so, <laughs> y'all, it sucks. Yeah. It sucks so bad and it is so annoying because I don't have time to think about that because if you see my to-do list and you know all of that it is so hard and so necessary if we actually want to be able to move anything forward. Right. Yes. Because I know from my own experience, I am not doing my best work after 11. And that's one of the- I'm not doing my best work after 7 p.m. (laughs) (laughs) I maybe need to move my time back a little. (laughs) Yeah. Like 11. If I am awake at 11 p.m., I'm panicked. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, maybe I need an earlier bedtime. I mean, I do. And that's been one of the things that I'm walking backwards is, you know, meaning I'm going earlier as I can Mm -hmm. because it's taken over. And I think maybe that's also one of the things is when I get there. I mean, one of the questions that's come up in in our house is, you know, now that this is my work, I've had to shift my thinking of a lot of my podcast work was done after hours. Mm -hmm. You know, after I worked a nine to five, I would come home and this is what I did. But now it gets to take up that spot. But somewhere in my head, I'm still in that space of, I do this until late at night. (laughs) Yeah. And that's a hard habit to break. I sound like Chicago or something here. Yeah. In a way, it's where you have to start like parenting yourself. And, you know, I have six-year-olds. And so when it's bedtime, it's bedtime. And they may not like it, but I don't really care if they like it because it's my job as their parent to, like, if they don't go to bed at the time they need to consistently, then everything else gets harder. Right. Yes. Right. And so that's where for you, the, like, the hard stop, you are just going to push so hard against it for a while, but you have to let, like, Parent Paula, know what's best for toddler. Let me just do one more thing, Paula. <laughs> she's she's really headstrong. I'm gonna just tell you. <laughs> she means well, and we love her. And that's yeah. the thing too, is right. Like it's not about like making you quote unquote wrong or being like you're oh, being no. bad. You're a bad entrepreneur with work life balance. Because also like we try to shame ourselves into self improvement, and that's also not doing anyone any favors. But instead, it's looking at like interrupting that pattern and then you can start to build new habits. But, oh man, it just is really hard. And everything takes so much longer than we want it to is really Mm -hmm. the the answer to all of it. I know that and it still frustrates me, but it also just lets me be like, well, the time's going to pass. So I might as well feel as good as I can as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And I feel like there's a real parallel here between 
life and work, especially for people who have a small business or are entrepreneurs where we get it figured out and then we decide we want to change or things get much clearer about what it is our focus is. And I know you've done a lot of that, especially since we've talked. And would you tell us a little bit about what it's been like? Because I know you've gotten a lot more deeply personal on your podcast and with your community and I'm sure it's also opened up more of a conversation and more doors about the things that you really want to talk about beyond that. Do you want to talk about how you got to the place where you felt personal? You know, yeah, it's so interesting, Paula, because I feel like part of my job as a coach and as a teacher is to just like live my life out loud and then talk about what it feels like. And what I'm learning and what I'm experiencing and how I'm integrating things and to kind of put those pieces together in a way that is helpful for people. And even as I say that, like my inner critic voice comes up that's like, oh, whatever, that's ridiculous. And you should go get a PhD or whatever, right? Like all of those voices. It's like, you should be more official. And what I know is that the combination of my own personal tendencies and how I show up and the way that I integrate experiences and the way that I learn and the way that I take in information coupled with my background in psychology and my coach training and my experience and all of that like has gotten me to this place and that whenever I lean into it, things thrive. And when I try to deny it and be a person that I think I quote unquote should be, things wither. So that is the thing that I keep learning just over and over and over and over again. And I kind of have gotten myself to the place now where I'm like, all right, Tiffany, we can do this the easy way or the hard way. The outcome is going to be the same. So in, so I'm kind of, I'm at a place now where I'm just trying to like lean into that knowing and just let myself know it instead of knowing it, but trying to talk myself out of it because it's inconvenient or because it doesn't look like the way that we've been taught things, quote unquote, should look. Oh, yes. Right? <laughs> well, yeah. And I mean, the thing that I'm thinking of is, I mean, there's a couple of things that happen going from that transition of getting certified. I mean, I also, just for listeners, have a life coaching certification. And there's something that goes from like leaning into that space, like we think we know what other coaches look like and that's great. And there's a a bunch of really great ones out there, but then trying to find our own way through what it is that we do and how that's going to present itself and what feels deeply comfortable to ourselves. I mean, it's also kind of going back to that crazy versus calm question of like, what feels from this place of deep knowing that like, no, this is my path. I can talk authentically about these things, but the rest of that, like, I have a few on my list that I just, it's not going to probably usually come up on the show. And if it does, that's fine, but (laughs) I'm not going after it. Absolutely. And there are people, I have friends who do specific types of coaching that I am like, oh yeah, I I don't thrive when I'm confronted. Like that is not my area of expertise. And that also feels like really loving to know that. Mm -hmm. So when I think about kind of my own progression, evolution in terms of even like I feel like we can chart it as like what I called myself and what I've what I've kind of titled myself or branded myself at in as a coach that I when I started out doing life coaching and then I did life and business coaching and then I really liked being able to call myself a business coach. I liked being able to call myself a branding strategist because it felt so tangible with mm-hmm. what I do, right? I help creative women start and grow their businesses. 
And people are like, oh, interesting, cool. I know what that means, right? And they can grab onto it. And what I found, especially, I think that I went back to calling myself a life coach like a year and a half ago. And part of what precipitated that was that I realized that I was doing myself a disservice by making myself be a business coach because while I was offering support to creative women around growing their businesses, what I was really doing was helping them tap into and access and then activate their own personal agency. Like I started to feel like, oh, I'm kind of tricking people into working with me on the business Mm -hmm. stuff. But what I really want to help them with is like this really deeper foundational stuff. And for me, part of the disconnect showed up when it was like, sure, you want to come to me, Paula, because you want to grow your business. Okay, great. Let's talk about that. But what happens when one month from now you are like, you know what? I thought this was what I wanted to do, but actually this whole other thing just opened up to me that may or may not be business related, right? I saw that Mm -hmm. happen so much. And the story that we would tell ourselves as creative, ambitious, driven women who think, because we've been taught that having your own business is the one answer and the one key to thriving, is that when we see another path open up, we tell ourselves that we're doing it wrong and that our business has quote unquote failed. Mm, And when those things were happening with me and my clients, I would actually get really excited. (laughs) I'd be like, no, this is amazing. This is great. Like, Let's see where this goes. Let's see what's available here because often when we take off those shoulds, all of this other stuff gets uncovered. And so I decided to almost like unniche myself in a way that was probably like not a smart business choice because, you know, everyone says niche. But again, my success has happened when I've like literally done the opposite of what everybody tells me to do, what like the experts, you know, tell me to do. So that's my long answer. (laughs) That's great. And I I think it's, it's interesting because I know just the audience, there are a lot of coaches and Mm -hmm. I think they really enjoy, and I know they really enjoy hearing about the path that people take to finding their way to having their own business. So I think that's really interesting. And the other thing I love to talk about is kind of what you described, which is around what I call well-planned and loosely held. Because I mean, we know we're going towards the business. That's the plan. But then kind of what I'm hearing you say was very true in my own path. If I'd held really tight to it being a life coach practice, I would have missed out on this whole podcast thing that then became the business. And I coach people all the time about what does it mean when you get scared when you're saying the thing you know you got to say. So I couldn't do this without that, but I wouldn't have been here if I'd held really tightly to what I thought this was going to be. Right. And The other thing that I see a lot is where people will come to me and be like, I feel bad because I don't hate my job. And I'm like, that's awesome. (laughs) You're like, Like, you found a nine to five or whatever that you love. That's amazing. Exactly. Like it's, you know, and I think that's where we have to really look at, you know, even let's say, for example, around starting a business, right? Is like, it's so easy to look at the way that I'm showing up online. Mm -hmm. for example. And, you know, also like asterisk, it's a brand. It's not my entire life. It is part of a story and I do it authentically, but it is also a fabricated story for the purpose of marketing and connection. And I try to do that from a whole self place, but 
that's a moment of a whole bigger right picture. So I just, I think that's also a useful reminder to people, but it's easy to see me living my life and think like, I want to have this level of freedom. I want to have this level of expansion or creativity or connection or whatever is coming through. And to think that having a business is the only way to get it. And I would suspect Paula that you would say the same thing that like, a lot of times having your business like feels like the opposite of freedom. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, not, there that is... not that I'm against starting a business either, right? But I just, I think it's actually really important that people have like a bigger conversation around it because it's so mm-hmm. easy to look at marketing and think this is the answer when it's really like this is an answer if it's right for you and if you're able to integrate it into your personal values and what you really want and all of that. But if it's not your answer, that doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Oh, there's so much goodness in all of that because, I mean, we're just coming. So what, February had been joy of marketing month, which some Mm -hmm. people chuckled at. But (laughs) I love that you just pointed out that I think we put on a suit of this is me being marketed. Like I'm very clear. That's kind of even going back to some of the things I know I don't really want to talk about on the podcast. I could. There's a lot of joy of, you know, cooking, of of sex, of, and those aren't, neither of those are ones that I'm really talking about, but that's mm-hmm. a decision. And, right. and I think it's an interesting place to be that, and that a lot of people who are just starting out feel like they've got to share all the things because that's what they see people doing. But I, I think the ones that maybe are working from a place of this being a business, no, it is a business and the business has a personality and yeah, it matches mine and it's authentic to who I am. But I'm very, very much deciding. I don't share much about my kid, you know, yeah. he even mm-hmm. as a, I call it a stage name because <laughs> I don't, I don't, that's not what I want to share. Yeah. So yeah, I, thank you for pointing that out. Yeah. And it's going to look different for everybody. And I would say too, for everyone listening, like you can have structures for yourself, but also be willing to let things that don't make a lot of sense into the room, right? For example, if you want to start talking about sex or start talking about your kid or start talking about parenting in a way that we're also really good at talking ourselves out of things. Like we're good at both, right? And it's been interesting for me as I've evolved my message and my brand and all of that, like from the outside looking in, what I've noticed is that if you were to scroll through my Instagram feed, you know, over the last few years, short of like promoting specific courses, most like from just that, you would look at that and be like, nothing's really changed. So I think that's also really interesting where a lot of times people will say, I want to change something in my business, but I'm afraid people will get mad or will be confused or whatever. And I'm always like, well, I change stuff all the time. And I'm still here. And honestly, I don't even know that people know this. Right. Really. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- that's also a really good point is, I mean, leave yourself kind of that loosely held as well. Like if there was an, a part of sexuality or cooking, <laughs> it's funny, they've both come up in the same breath. But like if there was part of that that I wanted to explore here, I, I'm, I'm open to it. I just, it hasn't been the thing that caught my attention. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the other really interesting thing there is, of course, you've, in the last kind of three years, there's been quite a few things I think that you have either let go of or said no to both in business and in your personal life that you've then shared in your business. But that like, there's been a lot of 
mindfully saying no to be able to say yes to other things. Yeah. And it's been like, yes, it sounds really yogi-ish to be like, I've mindfully said no so that I can say yes to other things. But it's also been like really scary, both really scary, both in like the saying no of the things, right? Like, you know, thinking, for example, about quitting drinking and, and my sobriety and my recovery and like owning that and telling that story you know, as I've been in it, that also like, it's scary to say out loud. It's scary to do, but also like it brings a whole bunch of stuff with it that, you know, even now three years in, I'm still in and sifting through and figuring out and seeing and all of that. And also like a couple of years ago, I completely shifted the way that I structured my business and essentially walked away from like over a hundred thousand dollars worth of projected revenue, which, hi, that's scary because, (laughs) right? Like money is real and it's a business and not like a grand experiment. But it was also everything that I have said no to or hit pause on, you know, nothing got burned to the ground. It was like, well, the drinking kind of needed to, but, you know, the business stuff, everything that I turned away from it was always so that I can turn towards something that felt more in alignment Mm -hmm. and more in integrity and more kind of in that connection of my intuition and the things that I really want to be talking about and this, this way of like telling the truth. Yeah. And that sounds simple. It is not easy. And it is, you know, how many of us walk through our lives in a very convenient way of trying to be who everybody else wants and needs us to be. And we are performing and we are people pleasing and we every day feel like we are getting farther and farther away from ourselves. Yeah. It is an erosion and it, you, you don't feel it every day, but over time you look back and you're like, whoa, mm-hmm. what happened? And I think that, you know, when we talk about joy, when we talk about cultivating that, like it's not just about having fun all the time. (laughs) No, (laughs) no, it's, it is like this way of being like, are you willing to be in the room with yourself? Mm, Right. And, and are you willing to say yes to this? No to that. I know you wanted me to say yes to that, but I, I can't, right. I can't because if I do like something in me will die. And that doesn't mean that that, whatever that is, is bad or wrong. Right. And I think that there is this way I'm looking right now at making some changes to the way I do a few things in my business and in my work. And like, I know that people might be disappointed that I might be like letting go of something they enjoy. And also I, I have this very deep knowing that like, if I don't make this change, I can't do the things that I know I need to do. And like, even if people are disappointed, that's okay because they'll be fine. Yeah. 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 Well, and I mean, to highlight or underline the the part about being the truth teller, as I know you self-identify with, (laughs) like even in my own life in the last week, like the truth teller part amongst many other things came up huge because I found out my kid was being picked on in school. and. So part of that was, I'm like, I am very mindfully choosing to raise this up as a concern. You know, like, I think we could all say, well, kids will be kids or get into, you know, whatever. I I will not say that. I do not. No, I I will. (laughs) 
that was no, it. I will die on this mountain with you. <laughs> I was like, you just woke the mama bear. So yeah, welcome no. to this. But then it was really a choice of how do I mindfully walk into this situation and leave space for everyone, meaning the other parents, the yeah. principal, the teacher, to all be right and be right. heard. And But I'm not going to drop it. Like, yep. But it was a choice of a place to spend energy. And it was a choice of a place to be like, no, this is something I'm passionate about. And one of the things that in really in service of joy, like I can't see my child suffering. So what do I do? I walk in. And that, oh, it's like st- standing in the storm. So, I mean, I can yeah. see that and the parallels of what you were saying as you were describing, you know, being a truth teller and needing to do the thing that's right for your business is, is, is that same thing. Yeah. yeah. And, and at this point, right, it is that grand overlap of my business and my life. Mm-hmm. And when I think about what does integrity look like, mm, yeah, you know, it looks like caring enough about myself and about this work and about this world that I have to trust myself yeah. when I think this is not sustainable in this way. And like what I'm talking about, it sounds very dramatic. It's not that big of a deal, really. I'm like changing things systematically and it is not, not like going to go live in a cave. And also I think that it's really useful to remind everybody listening that that when we get into rhythms and habits and mm. ways of doing things, that changing anything, even if it doesn't feel or seem like a big deal, like can actually be really challenging. And that's part of how our brains are designed is to make things as automatic as possible. That's why our bodies like can have our hearts beat and make our lungs breathe and all that. Yeah. But the idea of being a truth teller, it's one thing to say things on Instagram that have people be like, oh my God, it's like you can see me. And it's a wholly another thing to like look at all of the things that you're doing that are that feel equally important and that feel equally necessary and that feel equally like I can't let any of this go or the whole thing crumbles Mm. and question that and like tell yourself the truth. And sometimes that truth is like that tiny whisper of this isn't working. Mm. Right. It's like, it seems like a three word sentence, but also like that is the thing that often we like don't want to know. That's deep. And I think it could be little things. Like, I mean, I recently in a business sense have said, is it, you know, I like my newsletter and if you are a subscriber, thank you. And I I love doing them, but are there some of the lists that doesn't really care so much? Mm -hmm. They're just using it to get the notice that the episodes up mm-hmm. and you know is there a better way to serve that population and that's that's one of the things I'm wrestling with is like yeah. is this is this important you know almost like the Greg McGowan of essentialism like <laughs> am I doing the most essential thing in this yeah. space and part of me saying no maybe there's another way so right spoiler right. folks there might be a change there no, there, there is yeah. one but yeah Yeah. And like, what is a way that is both easier for you, more of a connection point for your people so that it's more effective for everybody? And that's a small example. It could also be like a, I need to not be in a specific relationship, which can 
feel incredibly jarring, but also if we're showing up from a place of grace and faith and love and expansion, then we know that you being less of yourself in a relationship like is actually not serving anybody either. Yeah. So it is that way. I always ask, a lot of times people will come to me and be like, I need help figuring out how to deal with this other person or deal with this situation. And one of my favorite questions to start with is just, have you told the truth? Mm, powerful, yeah. Right? And it's like, oh. And it's it's the small question, but it's not. <laughs> no. That one kind of kicks the door open of like, and the truth to who? Like, have you told the truth to yourself? You know? If, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, if this is deeply not okay with you and yet you're afraid to tell whatever that truth is, it, it can be really, really hard. Yeah. And, and that's something to sit with for sometimes a long time. And it might be deeply not okay, yeah. but it might also be like fine, right? Like mm-hmm. it might also be like, yeah, I mean, it's not bad. <laughs> right. Right. Which is or it's just a phase. I mean, which is like, true. Sometimes things are just a phase. It doesn't sound like joy to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And if it's just a phase, right? Like if, if we're talking about like, let's say a romantic relationship mm-hmm. and you know, it's just a phase. And you know, it's not going anywhere, but like, man, y'all have like banging sex. Okay, cool. Yeah. Go for it and own it. Right. Because like, that's truth. But if it's like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm really bored, but like, it's better than nothing. <laughs> then like, let's have a conversation about that. Yeah. And is there, is that, are you telling the truth? Is it really better than nothing? Because I have been divorced many years ago. It makes me sound really old, but, but yeah, it really was a choice of like, I was actually and realized I was lonelier in the relationship and yeah. and I would be without this person and that alone would be better than lonely. And I just <laughs> was like, this is over. Like, right. This is sad and this is over. Yeah. yeah. That one, that knowing is hard to ignore, right? Ugh, so hard. Where you're like, I feel like less of myself when I'm, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And that whole thing, if you're, if, if something about your situation, I mean, whether it's a romantic relationship or not, but if you're holding back a truth from yourself, I noticed that it was very hard for me to feel creative in any other way, to feel engaged with other people. Like it, it was, you know, whatever. It was kind of like aiding and hiding my light. Like I just couldn't be all of me when I was also not telling myself the truth. Yeah. It's, it almost is like, like a boredom or like you're just kind of checked Mm -hmm. out. It doesn't necessarily have to be this like deep, dark depression, but instead it's just sort of like, man, it's like this madness of like, I don't know. And I think a lot of us live in that place with Mm -hmm. a lot of things. And I think that's part of what I try to do for myself and my work and having these conversations and kind of shining a light on that is like, we all deserve more than meh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the world deserves more than our meh version yes. of ourselves because yes. there's so much joy out there to be had. And if you're not in it, I mean, obviously, well, at least I don't believe that joy is sustainable for like long periods of time. But when you're aiming for it, you'll land in the world of contentment and happiness and, well, uh, and fulfillment. Ex- yeah. And ecstasy isn't, oh, yeah. isn't going to be what you are all the time. But like, I think I when I think about what joy means to me, right? It's it really stems from like presence mm-hmm. and connection yeah. and noticing and being in it. So if I'm working, then I'm in it. And if I'm playing with my kids, then I'm in it. And if I'm 
making food, then I'm like really reveling in that. And I don't want to like y'all, I'm not walking around with like, like singing songs all the time. Like this is also joyful, but it is, it is a practice that I try to always come back to. And my life, when I can remember to be in it, my life feels so much better. I really like that you said that about presence and noticing because somebody else, they were listening to the show and they were like, you say that you notice things a lot. And I think that is it. I think you, because you have to be in it to see the joy of the moment. If you're just floating along, you may or may not notice it at all. Right. And like eyes up, eyes wide open, right? We've all seen those people that like are crossing the street looking at their phone, Mm. which is so dangerous. Y'all don't do that. Please don't do that. Please stop. But even like if anybody wants to try to cultivate some of this, literally just don't have your phone out in public. Yeah. Right? Like just, just that. Or even if you want like even a more like zoomed in version, when you're waiting in line at the grocery store, don't put, pull your phone out. No. Just that, just that. Or like turn off your notification or whatever. Like these, we can take these tiny steps and it is eye opening how much you don't even realize you're missing. I mean, even like headlines on like magazines in the line and the way that the, the cashier greets you or the little conversation the people had next to you. You would miss all that for sure. You miss all that or like your favorite candy bar or a cute <sighs> kid or like whatever. I always, tr- I always, I play this game with myself where I look at the groceries mm-hmm. of the person in front of me and like create a plot. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> of like, oh, interesting. Where, where is this person going? Like they've got like four racks of ribs and like three cases of Sprite. So they're going to like a barbecue party for a five-year-old, no caffeine or whatever. Like I'll just like make up these stories and it is really fun and really playful and, you know, just anything. It doesn't have to even be, be creative, right? It could just be like, can you just stand in line and breathe? Yeah. Take a moment for yourself. Tiffany, this is so great. Well, do you want to share if somebody wants to find you or do you have any programs coming up that you want to share about? I do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So I've got a couple things coming up. One is that I am bringing back my 31 days to flow course that is going to start like the end of April and run into May. It's obviously a 31-day class that is a course that is all about how to identify and align the moments of your life with your personal values for the sake of finding flow and having things feel a lot better. So if anybody's interested in that, there will be a link on my website and you can always sign up to get on the VIP list so that you get early notification. I'm also kind of in conjunction with that going to be opening up an early bird application period for my year-long class called Raise Your Hand, Say Yes, Inner Circle, which is where we take kind of all of these things and dive way deeper because we get to spend a whole year together. And the early bird applications for those open up mid-April. And then for everyone who comes in early, you also get to take my flow course as a bonus for free. So Mm -hmm. if anyone's interested in that, this timing could not be better because there's a lot of fun stuff that I'm cooking up. Awesome. Yay. And I have to say, I very much love being in Inner Circle. It is a great experience and so cool to spend the time with some of the topics that you embody and talk about. And it's hard sometimes just listening to be able to like infuse yourself with the knowledge that you get from a show or a podcast. So taking that extra step was 
It was really great. Yeah, and we really like get into it, right? And I think mm. that's it's both great and uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, but I think I mean, isn't don't all good things come from great and uncomfortable? I I believe so. I believe so. And you know, I always tell people like. You can do this when you're not on my watch anymore. But as long as I'm in the room with you, you're not allowed to to yeah. do this. I love it. It is something that has continued to evolve. Like I make changes every year that I do it, but it feels like it's just like a honing in on on what it needs to be. And it's been really fun to let it evolve instead of thinking it has to be just one thing and staying really rigid in that. Yeah. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Um, well, I will put links, of course, in the show notes thank for everybody. You. And uh, Tiffany, thank you so much for coming back. It's been such a treat to have you to have you here. Thank you. This conversation felt so fun and very timely. So, yes. <laughs> thank you. I feel calmer. <laughs> Me too. There's been a sense of calm through it. So that's been great. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. If you want to find out more about this episode, including links to the things that we've talked about, you can find the show notes at jumpstartyourjoy.com. And you can search for this episode right up there in the right-hand corner of the website. And you'll find it. While you're on the website, I know you're going to want to sign up for my weekly newsletter, which is Three Joyful Things. It's where I take a look and give you guys the behind the scenes of what I'm really thinking about with each episode, including the inspiration, intention, and action, along with the choices that you can make in your own life to bring some of the things that each guest or I share into your everyday life. So it's a lot of fun. You can find the sign up for that off the homepage or within the show notes of every episode. And I would love to connect with you. I hang out a ton on Instagram where my handle is jumpstartyourjoy. You can also find the Facebook page for this podcast at jumpstartyourjoy. So I hope you guys will come on back next week. And until then, I hope that your days are filled with so much joy.